Welcome to Eternal Promises with your host and founder, Jeff Tobler. Because all of the promises of God in Christ are yes and in Him, amen. And this is the promise He has promised us, even eternal life. You know, the resounding message that both John the Baptist and then Jesus taught was repent. And today, as with many topics, we hear many definitions of the word repentance. But do the scriptures give us a clear definition or understanding so we can actually obey the command? Or must we stay either uninformed, misinformed, or utterly confused? To participate in the show, we invite you to submit your question or comment online at eternalpromises.org forward slash radio. And now, here's your host, Jeff Tobler. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Tobler, host of Eternal Promises. And this morning, we're going to talk about repentance. What does it mean when we talk about repentance, the word repent? You know, as a nation, we've heard this term because we we are such a Christianized nation. And in the churches, we've heard repent. The young people, I'm not sure they know what it means, And I'm not even sure most of us really understand what it means. But we're going to discover today what Jesus said when he said, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now, what does it mean when he says repentance and remission of sins should be preached. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. And that's actually the promise today, the eternal promise, because it was necessary for Jesus Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Without that, we have no hope of the resurrection from the dead, and we have no hope of our sins being forgiven. But this repentance and remission of sins is so linked, it's so crucial that we need to figure out if we're being commanded to repent, well, what is repentance? We need to know what it means so that we can actually do it effectively. You know, the resounding message that both John the Baptist and then Jesus taught was repent. And today, as with many topics, we hear many definitions of the word repentance. But do the scriptures give us a clear definition or understanding so we can actually obey the command? Or must we stay either uninformed, misinformed, or utterly confused? Look, here's the two most common misunderstandings of repentance. First is, repentance is feeling sorry about our sinful state or sorry about a particular sin. You get the difference? One is the whole of our sinful state. The other one would be just one or two sins, feeling sorry. But the but the common component in this first misunderstanding about repentance is that it's about being sorry for our sinful state. You know, with this definition, it stops there. The main call is to be broken about sin, which is not a bad thing, by the way. It's awesome to be broken over our sin, broken heart, and to have godly sorrow. Now, The people in this camp would usually say that we still sin and will always be sinning because we are utterly depraved, even in our new man uh, that was created after uh, Christ Jesus. Now, the second definition of repentance would say that it's not at all about being sorry for a sin here or there, but it simply means to 
quote, change your mind, end quote, about who Jesus is. Now, by the way, repentance does mean that. It means to change. It means basically to change, a U-turn, okay? But this second definition is about just changing your mind about who Jesus is. It, ha- it doesn't have anything to do about a sin here or there or even your whole sin- sinful state. You know, these teachers and denominations claim that people who keep repenting over sins after coming to Christ have never truly repented. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep repenting. You know, they see it as a one-time repentance and you shouldn't keep repenting, otherwise you obviously don't believe that Christ has has uh, done finished it at the cross. Well, this uh, second definition would definitely include many who would call themselves once saved, always saved. You know, but the scriptures paint a different view of what it means to repent. Certainly, both of those viewpoints have a part in the process of repentance. In other words, one must be able to see the state of their sin from God's perspective and be broken in their heart over their disobedience to the one who loves them and paid a high price for their sin. And secondarily, one must also have some life-changing experience of accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior in their life. But there are numerous examples of those who already believe in Christ, and God commands them to repent. So obviously, it's not a one-time activity. And there are examples of individuals who are sorrowful over their state but have not gained repentance yet. The proper definition of repentance is a change of heart and actions that align with the change of your heart. For example, I'm going to use an Old Testament example here. Let's look at Esau. In Hebrews 12, 16 through 17, the writer of Hebrews is trying to warn us uh, to be careful how we walk because there are severe consequences depending upon our choices. So he starts off saying, uh, you know, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one will see the Lord and, and be careful of being bitter in your heart lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. So, let's go back to the eternal promise today, found in Luke 24, 46-47, and this time I want to read it from the voice translation. This is what the scripture said, that the promised anointed one should suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, that in his name, a radical change of thought and life should be preached, and that in his name, the forgiveness of sins should be preached, beginning in Jerusalem and extending to all nations. Now, isn't it interesting here that Jesus is talking about not just the forgiveness of sins, he's he's linking it to repentance, and the voice uh, translates it this way. It says, uh, a radical change of thought and life. That's what repent, true repentance means. And interestingly enough, repentance precedes the forgiveness of sins. In other words, if we do not, and we're going to cover this in the, in the next uh, segment here, if we do not repent properly, we have no expectation of forgiveness of sins. And I want to give you an example from Jesus himself. 
telling believers, those who are baptized, those who have come into the church and are recognized in the church, and he's not talking about unbelievers, and I can prove to you in a moment that he's not talking about those who have never believed but are in the church somehow, okay? Let's start in Revelation 2, uh, verses 4 through 7, and I'm going to leave out a few verses just so we can get through it in time. He is speaking to the church in Ephesus, and Jesus says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Now, think about this for a minute. If these are not Christians, how is it that they have left something they never apparently had or, or had gone to? In other words, if they didn't have the first love in the first place, to be truly born again, truly loving the Lord with all their heart, how is it that they could fall from that? If they're not Christians, they are, of course, Christians that Jesus is talking to. And now he's going to give them the warning. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, on the other side of this break... We're going to go through more of what Jesus says, and we're going to get a clear understanding of repentance. Stick with me. Jeff will be back in just a moment with some closing thoughts. Do you have a question for Jeff? Get your question on the show by going to eternalpromises.org forward slash radio or by calling toll free 888-88-LOVE-GOD. That's 888-88-LOVE-GOD. That's 888-885-6834. You know what? A couple years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Africa and visit an orphanage. And these children were amazing. Their their eyes, their face lit up with joy. And yet they had hardly anything compared to what we have in this country. But they had food and clothing. And more than that, they had people who were loving them, teaching them the way of God in Jesus Christ. But we need your help. There's so many expenses that go into an orphanage, and they're now expanding, trying to get more children in to help them grow in Christ and grow in their skills to be able to function in this world. So I'm asking you to stand up and support the orphans in the orphanage and the wonderful work that's going on there. You can give safely and securely on eternalpromises.org forward slash give. Or just hit the donate button on the top of the website or call 888 love god To participate in the show, submit your question or comment online at eternalpromises.org forward slash radio or by calling toll free 888 love god That's 888 love god And now, here's your host, Jeff Tobler. Oh, welcome back, everybody. This is Jeff with Eternal Promises. I am so glad you're with us. We are covering an eternal promise that Jesus spoke, saying that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. And it's really talking about the declaration of Christ's suffering on the cross, rising from the dead the third day, and that we need to have a radical change of thought and life, and that in his name, forgiveness of sins should be preached. So we've already seen that Jesus is telling Christians to repent. 
Repentance is not just a one-time activity to be a Christian, and it's not just over uh, being sorrowful over your general state. It's also mandating a change of life. Proverbs 28.13 says, Whoever covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes their sins will have mercy. Did you catch that? It's not enough to just confess our sins. We must actually forsake them, put them away, stop committing them, stop walking in them. It's a two-step process, and, and, and look at it this way. Remember, Jesus preached repentance and remission of sins. Well, we need to first confess our sins, and then we need to stop doing them. That's really ultimately what repentance is. It's changing from one prior behavior to a new behavior or a new thought process, but it definitely works its way out in what we do, what we say, and the one who forsakes their sins, not only confessing, but also forsaking, is the one who has mercy. The Lord richly bless you as you seek Him with all of your heart. You've been listening to Eternal Promises with your host and founder, Jeff Tobler. On behalf of all of us at Eternal Promises, thank you for listening. And we encourage you to lay hold of God's promises in your life today by loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Because all of the promises of God in Christ are yes, and in Him, amen. This is a listener-supported broadcast, and your prayers and financial support are appreciated. You can support this ministry online at eternalpromises.org forward slash give or by calling 888-88-LOVE-GOD. That's 888-88-LOVE-GOD. This is the promise He has promised us, even eternal life. Eternal Promises Radio is produced by Eternal Promises Ministries. You're listening to Eternal Promises Radio with Jeff Tobler.